0: Today, Gaza's Christians.
1: Welcome to Coffee with Creamer, where you get to sit down with our host, Dr. Barry Creamer, for a conversation about faith, life, and culture. We'll look at old ideas through a new lens those culture wars on their head and paint a picture of the way things could be. If you like your thinking deep and your coffee hot, pull up a chair. You're in the right place.
0: We are just before Christmas now as I'm recording this, although we will air this after Christmas. So uh, keep that in mind as you're listening to the discussion today. Just a a couple of weeks ago, I received uh, an email from Dr. Scott Bridger, uh, a professor we've had on here before who spent a lot of time in the Middle East over the last several decades uh, and gave us some great insights before about trips they'd taken over there and things that have happened since the terrorist attack uh, in October and then the subsequent war. Uh, And so I wanted to have him back on to talk about this article that he sent me. So, Dr. Bridger, thank you for taking time to join us again today. It's an honor to be here. Now I know right after all those things happened, you had talked about actually going back over uh, to Israel and Palestine. That's right. Have you had an opportunity to do that?
2: My my uh, October trip was canceled as a result of uh, the war. Uh, flights were canceled, but uh, so no, I haven't had a chance. But I do hope to in January. Oh, okay. Uh, I hope to. So. All right. So See. and that's uh,
0: ba- basically that's when this will be coming out, right? Yes. At the beginning of January. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, prayers are with you. We hope that happens and hope uh, for your safety and provision. Thank you. Uh, I know uh, you've been working with an organization that does a a lot of humanitarian things as well as just supporting Christians in general who are there. Uh, So yeah, our prayers are with you. So anyway, this article that you sent me, uh, Dr. Bridger, was from Christianity Today. Yes. uh, And just for everybody else to be able to look it up if they'd like to go read it themselves, it's by Kenny Schmidt. It was published November 29th. Uh, and it's called, Should Gaza's Christians Flee South, Evacuate East, or Stay in Church Shelters? Now, mm-hmm. uh, as we, even as we're recording this, yes. I think some of these circumstances have already changed. Yeah, the
2: North Israel strategy recently has been to kind of secure the North, and then they have a strategy of moving south. So they're currently in campaigns to rid the southern regions, Khan Yunus, Jabalia, Shazia, these are all areas in southern Gaza that the so so, but most of the churches are in the
0: northern area. And uh, if, so, in you saying that, I'm curious, uh, as I understand it or conceive of it, really, uh, the Christians were mostly in the north to begin with. Correct. Have they been pushed south with most of the Palestinian population, or so, did they yeah. re- manage to stay behind? So
2: what's happened is the vast majority, let's say, of roughly 1,000 Palestinian Christians who've... uh, The the population has dwindled over the past several decades, but roughly 1,000 have been in two churches, the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. The Orthodox Church was bombed about a month ago, not bombed in the sense of targeted, but a, a bomb landed nearby. And unfortunately, eighteen people uh, lost their lives, many children. Mm. That caused a lot of the Christians to take refuge in the the Catholic Church. Now, some have moved towards the Egyptian border when they've had visas and or family members that and that's to the south, and that's to to the south to the border, Rafa border with with Egypt, so that they could get out essentially. Uh, But there are still uh, most are still in the north.
0: And I just I, so I'm again I'm I just want to hear this. It says in the article I, here I'll read this line: Most are choosing to remain in the two largest churches that shelters Gaza's roughly one thousand Christians. That yes. even that statement yes reiterates we're talking a thousand out of millions of people who live
2: 2.2, 2.3 million in Gaza.
0: There is a Christian presence of one thousand. Yeah, or
2: indigenous so. Palestinian Christians who've. Who've literally had a presence there for two thousand years without cessation, without, without, interruption. without interruption.
0: Yes, that's profound. It is. And it is. This uh, just to be blunt about it, and I, I could go down and read the paragraph now. I'm hoping to get there during the time of our conversation, but I mean, well, and, and this is here. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this line. Sure, we'll talk about who said it later. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, but I'd love your o- just opening comments on this line. This is later in the in the article. Yes. This one particular person from uh, Bethlehem Bible College uh, says, as Palestinian Christians, we have always lamented the total disregard from Western Christianity to our plight and challenges. And by the way, I I think I've met this person, and they don't express this kind of attitude in general. When when I've met them, they've been extremely just asking for support and and also being encouraging to us and so on. That's right. I think there's a sense of despair or discouragement or something, that this is an opportunity to get this point across. Anyway, what he says is, we've always lamented the total disregard from Western Christians to our plight and challenges, often dismissing them in their support of Israel. We are now wondering if Western Christians actually prefer that the Holy Land will no longer have a Christian presence. Uh, that, uh, That seems to, first of all, it seems to be premised on and these are people with their feet on the ground. Yes. On the idea that they believe the Christian presence in Gaza might be wiped out yes. during this campaign. Yes.
2: Many of us who are observers, analysts, uh Christian observers of the situation are quite fearful and and actually expect, I say that hesitantly, but expect this war to lead to the drastic uh um I guess, uh, removal of, unfortunately, of Christians in Gaza, especially, but also the West Bank is being impacted. Many in the West Bank itself are saying things like they're fed up, they're leaving, and they don't have much to anchor themselves uh, to keep them there. Houses have been destroyed, um, especially in Gaza. And so uh, it is a very... We're we're on the cusp of seeing an end to 2,000 years of history of indigenous Christian Christianity in Gaza.
0: Yeah, and that's, I, I just, I, that's that, that my point for having this conversation with, with you, is to understand that, and to understand why that is a possibility right mm-hmm. now. Because a lot of people would jump to the conclusion uh, that's not necessarily accurate about right. why that might come to pass. So uh, I just want to kind of work through that sure. as we talk through Let's do that, again. Yeah. And I'm relying completely on this article for my outline, and sure. you can just venture off from it whenever you need to, Doctor Bridger. Good. Obviously, Sounds you know good. these things yourself firsthand. Sure. So uh, here's here's one of the here's one of the things that I read that I thought was interesting, um, and I, so. This is, this is what's claimed two weeks ago, this is right at the beginning of the article. two mm-hmm. Christian women sheltering at the Catholic Church, just as you described it. Yes, People had moved over to the Catholic Church and mm-hmm. were basically staying there. But a couple of women who were sheltering at the Catholic Church in Gaza received phone calls from the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces. The soldiers told them, "Now I don't know whether that's an official call or just some IDF soldier that's sure. friends with these people because that, you know, these are human beings. They that's just right. know people, that's right right? So anyway, the two soldiers told them, and by extension, the rest of their Christian community, so apparently they're telling them and saying, and you should tell all your friends, Yes, to flee their places of shelter within five days. And again, this is several weeks ago that this statement was made. Correct. And it was two weeks after, uh, before the article itself was written. Yes. So uh, it, this, is, this is actually extended quite a bit beyond that. But anyway, to flee their places of shelter within five days, they must go south, like the rest of Gaza's civilian population. And again, the IDF says we gave no sp- specific direct- directive to the Gazan Christians, those who remain will not be targeted but their safety cannot be guaranteed. Right. That uh, and again, I, I I'm not I'm not uh, trying to indict the IDF. I understand they're doing they're they're having a response to terrorism. Sure. In, uh, sure. They're conducting. And it's understandable. A war, a war that yeah, yeah. that they want to defend their territories. So neither of us is trying to question that. Sure. But at the same time, it's a complex situation. And saying you need to go south, you Christians yes. who had nothing to do with the terrorist attack right. whatsoever, except to condemn it. They were they were all they're all they're against all violence. Sure. You know, they express that. Yes. Um, but the point is that uh, you you even though you had nothing to do with this have to go south. Because even though we won't target you, it's sort of I would read it this way: we're not not going to target you, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to keep you from right. facing the danger. So, do you have any thoughts on just that part of it? And what yeah, that meant it, to the it's
2: a dilemma. It's a dilemma. Um, Christians in a situation where there are a, hun- a thousand to an eight hundred to eight hundred of them. In the midst of a sea of 2.2 million Muslims, who are their neighbors, and they generally have cordial relations with them. They are Palestinian Christians, uh, and and their neighbors are Palestinian Muslims. Um, uh, sure, there are levels of 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 you know uh, tense social interactions at times, but generally they're neighbors, and so. But nonetheless, they tend to stay in their own groups, and so the idea that Christians. Would flee their churches and flee their homes with the the, the broader uh, you know Muslim population and go into refugee camps with the broader Muslim population the, to put yourself in a Palestinian Christian mindset in Gaza that is is very threatening and very uh, scary to them because they don't want to get caught up in the sea of of people, because oftentimes everybody's looking out for their own family when it comes to rations and food, mm-hmm. and they aren't—they aren't strong enough in numbers to be able to to protect themselves, and so they're relying upon the church authorities and uh, non, uh, mm-hmm. non-governmental organizations who they're in contact with to to supply them with with food, clothing, and shelter, and so they feel it's it's in their best interest actually to stay right where they are.
0: The uh, the quotation I want to read next. I think this is from Nashat Philimon. Yes, Nashat
2: Nashat yes. Okay, thank you. Yes, I appreciate okay. that. You can do that every time. <laughs> that's
0: great. The body of Christ all over the world should work hard on maintaining, providing for, protecting, and helping the Christians inside the Gaza Strip. Yes, he's the director of the Palestinian Bible, Bible Society. Society. Have you mm-hmm. worked with them at all? Yes, and
2: Nashat's a good friend of mine. He's based in Jerusalem. He has excellent connections with uh, organizations inside of Gaza for a long history. He is able to work with other non-governmental organizations, uh, vendors inside of Gaza who trust him that once the hostilities cease and banks reopen, that that supplies he's utilizing, especially to help Christians, not not only Christians, but 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 Muslims as well, but, but generally Christians, the the vendors will receive uh, the funding for those things when the hostilities uh, cease. So so they have a long history uh, in the in the Gaza Strip dating heading back several decades All right, and have so a good reputation in the, in the not, community. Not a
0: Johnny-come-lately. That's and, right. And, and not That's just right. some, somehow trying to aggrandize some things for himself during the no, midst of a crisis. No, 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 this is a, This is a person who's been yeah, in the Yeah, on his
2: staff is, is a Gazan whose brother is still in Gaza— um, though, though they're based in Jerusalem in the West Bank, the Bible Society that is, but but so they have very intimate connections with everybody involved in in what's going on.
0: Yeah, this is uh, and his further statement was, I don't think in referring to the Christians in the Gaza Strip, I don't think they should be encouraged to leave because leaving is extremely scary and dangerous, just yes. as you described it yes. a moment ago. And then he says there are no guarantees they will make it and their protection should be our top priority yeah. uh, trying to provide for them where they are. Where right? they are, that's right. The, the other side of that, and I, I get that, the other side of that is that those who are there, as you described a moment ago, have gone through just horrendous circumstances. And I you know I read about uh, the, the woman in this story who was shot, you know, yes. this uh, aged woman, octogenarian, I yeah, think. Yeah, Ilham
2: Farah, yes. Uh, uh,
0: who played the piano or and a something? In the Baptist for-
2: church. Three churches in Gaza, a Baptist church um, that has connections with a Southern Baptist historically, uh, Catholic, uh, and then a Greek Orthodox church. And yeah, she was very active. She was in her 80s. And it's not clear who shot her in the leg. But right. Right. But it's tragic. She spent her dying days uh, bleeding out in the streets of Gaza because nobody could get to her.
0: Yeah, and that's, this is, that, that's exactly what it describes in the article uh, and the response of her niece to that you know, in, in Gaza. And this is the thing I, I don't think people get. Uh, I, I, I don't mean that generically. I, I don't think enough of us grasp the reality of human beings who, who are at home there this is their home. Yes. This is where they grew up. Yes. It's where generations of their families have grown up. And like Millennia. you said, yes. yeah, exactly. Not, not, not even just going back to the Mayflower. That's talking, right. Uh, you know, all the way back to Christ. And so her niece wrote this about her death, which is just tragic. Like you said, I mean, she's trying to go home to get a jacket because it's cold at the church where they're staying and yes. the weather has changed since the war started and Uh, And as she goes back, a sniper shoots her again. Like you said, we don't know who. Uh, We don't know which side. That's just part of it. But uh, nobody can get to her because Mm -hmm. of the conflict going on around, and she dies. And so her niece's response to that was to say, in Gaza, you were born, wrote the niece, Rond Markopoulos. Yes, Markopoulos. Markopoulos.
2: A Greek name, but okay,
0: Palestinian, yes. All right, in tribute to Pharaoh and in Gaza, may you eternally be laid to rest. And you can understand the tragedy of the circumstance better when you realize that, in the same way, you might say, I'm not leaving my home here just because people are trying to push me out of it, Mm -hmm. or because people are inviting me to be safer if I leave it. This is my home, this is where I'm staying. Yeah, and you know, that this is these are these Gaza Christians. They yes. they love their home and they love what they represent. Yeah, the, the
2: you know, in Middle Eastern mindset and similar in other places around the world, land is life and connection to land is is important for passing on uh, you know, traditions to their family. Their churches, of course, are a part of the landscape. Their businesses are a part of the landscape, their educational institutions. And and of course, in a place like Gaza and the Holy Land, broadly speaking, uh, their faith is tied to certain locations and Mm. where where you know events, biblical events, took place, and so that's deeply ingrained in their their worldview and mindset. And so, it's very hard, even in the midst of being a minority of a minority, it's very hard for them to to leave their
0: homeland. You know, for uh, Americans who hear that and think to themselves, oh, well, you know, that's just some Middle, Middle Eastern way of thinking. It's it's just a human way of being. Mm-hmm. The, they were, we don't describe it the same way, but if you've ever read Wendell Berry and you know his writings, mm-hmm. The Need to Be Whole, things like that, you know that as what he describes as the essential need for people to connect with the ground that yes. they're a part of, yes, uh, to have a heritage and land, you know, that yes. they're a part of, is it's the same idea, you know, human beings are attached yes. to the place where God puts us. It in. goes
2: back to the garden, I think, just our Ooh. our placement in the garden and God's intention that we steward and 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 have dominion, but in a stewardship sense. Over land and that that just carries on into into uh, you know traditions like the Palestinian Christians have
0: and and again we're not describing this abstractly I've not I, I don't know these people like you do you've introduced me to them you've sure. brought them here yes and yes, we've had meals visited. together yes. sat down for barbecue that's you know? right Risk and it. and they ate a lot Amen. of barbecue I'm <laughs> telling you so uh, the, the the and and I we're extremely grateful and we had a great time yes. with them the. You know, the tension between who they are and who you know them to be, and then what they're experiencing now, I want to give you a chance to comment on uh, by me me reading just a couple of lines from this article. One is a Palestinian Christian mother Mm -hmm. saying this, Our hearts are broken. We are full of fear and sadness, said a Palestinian Christian mother of two whose testimony was circulated by U.S.-based Gaza ministry. Yes. We are peaceful Christians and reject violence from both sides. Mm -hmm. Love, as Christ taught us, is the most effective weapon for peace. And then this statement a couple of paragraphs later in the article, we see death everywhere. We Mm -hmm. smell death everywhere, she said. But in the midst of sadness, pain, and heartbreak, we look at the face of Jesus Christ. So you've met these people. You've yes. been in their churches. You've been in their context. you just want to comment on that?
2: Yeah, they, they have an amazing uh, resilience in the face of things that um, generally those of us who live outside these contexts of conflict are unaware of. And as Christians throughout history, actually, this is normal. Our situation in many ways is abnormal. Uh, historically speaking um, but but they're resilient in the face of tremendous challenges very encouraging I, I, I received a text a message not but a couple weeks ago from a Gazan Christian who sent me pictures of his home which had been collateral damage been destroyed completely oh. but he opened his his text to me with we thank God in all circumstances huh. and then this is what we're going through and he has two small children. He's the director of a school in Gaza that's called the Lighthouse School that employs several Muslim teachers. They have Bible studies every morning where they pray. Um, They teach uh, predominantly Muslim children uh, uh, Bible songs because they're a private school. They can do those things. Even under a Hamas regime, they're able to operate that way. And, um, And that's the type of people they are. They are the salt of the earth, literally, in a place of tremendous darkness, and they've had an influence on the broader Muslim population in, in 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 many ways. And we've been blessed to see some of them. We can't mention them by name, but but come to faith as a
0: result. Wow, uh, this is so. I I want to give some of the background of how, and this is just the tiny sliver of current background in the relationship between Palestinian Christians and Hamas. Sure, the particular sure. the leadership in the Gaza Strip. Right. Uh, and this is again straight from the article. This quotation back in 2006, yes. shortly after Hamas took control of Gaza, the Bible Society's headquarters were bombed. That's right. Months later, its manager, Rami Ayad.
2: Yes, I, Rami Ayad. Yes. Okay, thank you. 2009. Was murdered. Yes.
0: I, I was in the range on that name, yeah. finally. Yes, so, you were. Uh, what a terrible uh, circumstance, though. Its, its manager. So this is back in 2006. Yes. This is the Bible Society, and, and Hamas has taken over, so apparently, you know, somebody nobody knows exactly who did it, but probably somebody from Hamas. While the Islamist movement condemned these incidents, no one was ever brought to justice.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll offer a critique here go. or a correction. Yeah, actually, go. I do believe that uh, I was told uh, by connections in Gaza that Hamas actually did punish and uh, execute the person who carried Uh, perpetrated that event uh uh, because, uh, for various reasons, um, it was not a sanctioned uh, operation. And so that doesn't justify it. No, I get it. He was seeking to be a light and a witness and was martyred for his faith. Um, And so Hamas and and Christians in Gaza have had a a kind of um, strange relationship where, um, in some sense, Gaza, uh, Hamas wants to... Show that they protect Christians, and so uh, possibly because that's that's good publicity to to the broader you know global population, the West in general. Um, so the motives are mixed, of course, but there has never been an outright massacre or a, or a targeting of Gazan Christians uh, by Hamas. That's right. that's really never happened in since oh six oh seven when Hamas uh, took over. And uh, by the way, in the not to justify Hamas as an organization. No, at no, all, no, of course not. But just to nuance the relationship.
0: Yeah, and again, you you know, not everything evil has to be true about someone right. for them to be evil.
2: Right. Uh, there can right. be other
0: things they didn't do. Exactly. So this is one thing they didn't do. They right. did do the terrorist attack they in early did. October they perpetrated in Israel. And it's horrendous, and it's and their fault, and they deserve abs- to be punished. Absolutely. for Absolutely. A- nobody's questioning. Absolutely, that. and certainly not you. My. Uh, My my point is that acknowledging that doesn't make everything in a response something we have to applaud. Right, and the suffering of Christians as a part of the response of Israel to this terrorist attack is not something they could necessarily. I don't know whether they can avoid it or not, Scott. You may know, and I don't.
2: Tactics are always difficult. I'm not a military expert like you, and so it's 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 (laughs) It's hard to yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. Um, many people who are have critiqued certain tactics here and there, and uh-huh. I'll leave it to them to explain those. But uh, um, but n- none of that changes
0: right. the suffering that's coming none to Christians that's exactly who right. had nothing to do with the had terrorism. nothing attack. to do.
2: And those in the West Bank who have nothing to do with, with what's going on and yet are subject to settler violence and other things uh, in the West Bank.
0: And I was, I, I was reading about some of that settler violence going on, and, it, and it's not—not not everyone understands what you mean when we're talking about the Gaza Strip and then the West Bank, right. but the West Bank of the Jordan, Jordan River, River. Uh, coming up toward Jerusalem from the Jordan River Correct. So on the Correct. east side of Jerusalem.
2: taken—Jordan uh, controlled it up until 67. Between 48 and 67, it was controlled by Jordan. The nation. And then, yes, and then in 67, Israel takes Gaza, the West Bank, and the Golan Heights, from Egypt, Jordan, and Syria, and generally began, uh, you know, establishing settlements. They would say for security; others would say just, you know, for cheap land and cheap housing. And so there are mixed motives as to why those settlements are there. But, but it's unlike Gaza. Gaza, Israel completely withdrew by '09, I believe it was, uh, that they were completely uh, removed from Gaza. But in, in the West Bank, it's a much more complicated situation where you have uh, Palestinian uh, villages and towns and cities right next to Israeli settlement villages, towns, and cities. And so it's much more integrated in the West Bank. And so the, the conflict and, and, and points of friction are much more uh, you could say, drastic, actually, in the West Bank.
0: Well, and you know, there's, there are extremists uh, on the Israeli settler side Yes, there are. who attack Palestinians, and it, then there they're. are extremists on the Muslim side, yes, on, there on, are. on the Palestinian side, yeah. who will attack Israelis or look for opportunities right. to undermine safety or infrastructure or whatever. Yes. Um, but those are the extremists. They're just they, they they're, they're on the fringes, but everybody gets caught up in the collateral they damage. Do. They do. Uh, they get happens. caught up
2: in the collateral damage. We, this has a long history going back to the 90s during the Oslo Accords when Yitzhak Rabin, Prime Minister of Israel, and Yasser Arafat, uh, leader of what was called the PLO and eventually the Palestine Liberation Organization coming out of his Fatah party, which is a more secular party generally with a marxist background somewhat but but in the 90s they had decided you know to to, to try to come together but um uh hamas wa- would undermine that with suicide attacks in israel and which led ultimately to a lack of faith in the on the israeli side to the political establishment in progressing with uh those that they felt were 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 terrorists, right. and, 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 and in many cases that's true. And Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated as a result by a right-wing Jewish extremist yeah. against the peace process. So you see this, this on both sides, certain elements that want to undermine peace because they have definitions of self-determination for their peoples that are premised upon the eradication of one side or the other. And us as Christians, I think, have to step into that along with our Palestinian brothers and sisters who generally are no... We reject both definitions of self-determination that are premised upon the eradication or elimination or expulsion of either side. We are for both living in peaceful coexistence, and I think that that's the space where, based upon the teachings of Jesus, rooted in love of God and love of neighbor, where, where we should lend moral support and oppose ideologies that, that uh, are against that, that type of ethos. And
0: I would add, and, and correct me if you, uh, if you hear something that's slightly off when I'm saying this, um, I would add to that the only way that coexistence happens, first of all, that doesn't somehow eventually lead to efforts at more genocide on, right. either, side. on either side, the only way that happens is if that co- uh, peaceful coexistence entails respect, for yes. one another yes uh, actually treating each other with the, the the ways that we describe rights and liberties yes in a free society for everyone.
2: yes and Christian Palestinians, Christian Arabs and Messianic Jews to be honest are key to that happening. They are the right. only ones who are rooted in the teachings of Jesus that have resources to draw from to drive their respective non-believing neighbors, toward that type of, of, of life together mm-hmm. that sees brotherly uh, love, neighborly love uh, extended, and, and really Christians are key to that. And So when we see yeah. the diminishing population of Christians in places like Gaza, the West Bank, and, and even Israel proper, mm-hmm. that's concerning because that salt and light that is there is diminishing which uh, does not bode well for the prospects of coexistence or a peaceful resolution.
0: And it makes a lot less abstract the concept that we talk about when we say breaks down the middle wall of partition between us, yes. which we think of in purely spiritualized, eternalistic-type terms, but in reality are about, yeah, yes. in this world, people who would never be able to coexist otherwise exactly. can be brought into the same space. Yeah, Christians are models of
2: that. Messianic Jews are models of that. Because again, the, the 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 Messiah Jesus, His Spirit has transformed them, and they are living that out on a daily basis.
0: One of the things uh, in the article that's pointed out by I think Yusef Kuri, yes, uh, Kuri, yes, uh, Bethlehem Bible College, again, lecturer, uh, is that he want he you know he he believes that Palestinian Christians are facing an ethnic cleansing mm-hmm. uh, in the Gaza Strip. In the Gaza Strip, uh, there are some people who've suggested uh, that the Palestinian Christians in the Strip ought to be uh, ought to be moved to the south or out of the country mm-hmm. or uh, moved over to the West Bank. West Bank, mm-hmm. and uh, you were saying that would that would be problematic. Yeah, that's uh, a problematic from
2: uh, a lot of different angles. Um, number one, uh, do we want to force upon a, uh, upon Palestinian Christians something that they themselves may not uh, support? That's number one. Yeah. Uh, another one is that just because you transfer them, uh, let's say, to the West Bank, uh, there's, a, there's an intricate system of political statuses and, 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 and how people gain status in the West Bank where they have to get Israeli military approval as well as Palestinian authority approval, and it's not cut and dry. Um, uh, just because Israel might move them over doesn't mean they will automatically have status that would enable them to work, get married, uh, buy homes, right. all those things. Also, to what extent does that put them in danger of being seen as collaborators with Israel and therefore targets of, of more militant uh, elements within Palestinian society say, you got privileged treatment because yeah. of your relationships with Israel. Let
0: me read you this from the article. Yeah. So, first of all, just to confirm what you just mentioned a moment ago, the, the, the same person had said Gazan Christians should have the freedom to choose for themselves. Yes. Uh, we can't put ourselves in their shoes. It's up to the people and their personal decision. That's what you were just yes. affirming. They need to make their own choice. But, in also affirming the second statement, another uh, uh, commentator here, or another person who was commenting on it, Jack Sarah. Yes. And how do you say his name again? Jack Sada,
2: or Sarah, president of Bethlehem Baba
0: College. And I've met him. Yeah, you've you've, uh, been kind enough to introduce me to him and for us to be able to sit down and have a conversation. Really brilliant person. Love the guy. Yes. Uh, He said this Christians are part and parcel, and I think this just affirms what you just said Christians are part and parcel of the Palestinian people. Mm hmm. I doubt they want to receive special treatment. This will breach the trust, the witness, and the peace of the community, both in Gaza and the West Bank. That's, right. That's when, right. When I read those words, by the way, I just assumed it meant they would say, you don't really care about us because you didn't stay with us while we were suffering. You were pointing out they might be seen actually as collaborators
2: yes, with Israel. That is, poten- There's potential for that. It mm. has happened in the past um, among Palestinian Muslims as well as Christians. And so... So that does put them in a precarious situation, and we need to be sensitive to bringing our outside solutions and saying, "Hey, we need to do this," without really hearing the voices of those inside Gaza, yeah, uh, and not just one or two or three, but but a broader sampling of what they think is best for them and their families. Isn't it
0: funny how uh, we love to come in from the outside? Mm-hmm. And manage what other people are going through without having to take the risks they're actually that's taking. That's exactly right. They're like,
2: unfortunately, and I say this with hesitation, but I sense that some Western Christians see Palestinians and Israelis kind of as a, as pawns on a chessboard, and yeah. that's really not. I don't think that's in keeping with how Jesus would want us to view them.
0: Amen to that. And I'm not I'm not going to attack anyone here. I'm not of going to course. mention anyone's name or anything. But I will say, in the article, there's a description of somebody who does pretty much that. That, yes. Uh, and uh, if you want to read the article, read the article That's and make right. your own judgment it's about it. publicly available. I'll just leave it there. Um, w- so uh, along those lines, this is part of the picture I just don't—I'm not sure everybody hears or recognizes— and again, I don't mean it as an attack on any on one group or the other group because these are extremists yes, on either side when this right. happens. But we are talking about the extremists, uh, and it has to do with this. So uh, let, let me read you a couple of lines from from here. Sure, um, it says Mitri Raheb, an evangelical uh, Lutheran pastor and founder of Dar Al kalima University yes. in Bethlehem. That's right. Uh, said the Jewish attacks on clergy. Said that Jewish attacks, Jewish attacks right. on clergy and churches have quadrupled compared to 2022. He believes the Christian presence in Gaza will not survive this generation. And then Munther Isaac, who you've introduced yes. to me uh, as well, yes, uh, is equally pessimistic and angry. And then that's where that quotation that we, that's, we that's mentioned right. it, at the beginning of the, of the episode yes, came in. Yes,
2: and, and I would just add to that that um, uh, those attacks preceded the, the atrocities and the terrorist attack of October 7th. They were a part of a broader campaign and build-up of targeting Christian sites in Jerusalem. When we were there with my students, Criswell students, in October, or sorry, in the summer in um, in uh, July, we we saw some of the damage of statues and broken glass in Jerusalem. Um, we, while we were there, a, a German abbot was approached at the Western Wall, who he had a, a large cross around his neck, which is normal. And he was approached by those who kind of uh, monitor the modesty and dress of people at the Western Wall, more right-leaning uh, uh, Orthodox Jews, and asked to, cl- to 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 hide his cross. Huh. And so there wow. seems to be an implementation, and this that that corresponds with judicial reforms that were happening and movements prior to the outbreak of the war that really yep. kind of put on. Put on the back burner since the war, but but movements also up in Haifa, where we lived for nearly eight years, uh, very close to our apartment. Uh, Stella Maris was attacked, and and by many, I, I say attacked. Stella Maris. Stella Stella Maris. Uh, it's a church, a okay. monastery up in uh, Haifa on Mount Carmel. Okay. And many Jewish Orthodox Jews started praying there uh, and claiming that that was uh, Jewish land because Elijah the prophet had been there. And so things like that have, have slowly been simmering uh, at Christ, Christian sites uh, throughout the land. And so that also presents a big challenge, uh, because oftentimes Christians will not find—there uh, are some Israeli voices within their legal establishment that will stand with and protect right. it. To protect them, but but it's a hard uphill battle to to get protection for their sites. So
0: what I'm what I'm wanting to do is bring this up because we're talking about Christians. Yes, and we were talking about Palestinian Christians in the Gaza Strip, so yes. Gazan Christians. Uh, but now, just talking about Christians in Israel and Palestine, yes. both. Yes. As as we talk about this, you know, on the in the wake of the terrorist attack in October. People are reluctant to say, hey, Israel has its faults. Right. And one of them that's huge right. is the persecution of Christians. Yeah.
2: And, and it's not it's not state-sponsored persecution. It is elements within certain factions that have connections to their parliament that seem to get a kind of a free hand to right. do certain things or it's overlooked. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not purely state-sponsored persecution or targeting. But it is a part, part of that broader matrix of Judaizing uh, the broader land of Israel.
0: Well, then it's so to be frank, I mean, this is, uh, and it's, we can say it's at different levels, but in some ways it's worse in, I, in either culture and context. Hmm. But it's like saying during Jim Crow, it's not codified. Right. right. Uh, it is codified in some cases, but it's, all, but it's mostly just the willingness to turn away and say, mm-hmm. we're not going to prosecute someone. And it's very incremental.
2: Affecting. It's very incremental in the way that it's it's uh, implemented and gone about, and so sometimes when it's incremental, it's not this big flashy instance of of an attack, but right. it's it's slow progression of trying to. The Armenian quarter in the old city has recently been uh, upwards of two. Uh, it's either half or two thirds. Check the check that figure, but. Been uh, sold to Jewish I to a this. Jewish group, yeah. and Armenian Christians who have an eighteen hundred year Christi, uh, uh, Christian history and presence in the, in the old city are being pushed, scrambling out. around and tr- and being pushed out. And they, many of them, still preserve their Armenian language and church liturgies and all of those things and and so, uh,
0: things like that also are happening in the old city. And again, the reason i'm I'm wanting to bring these things up and wanting to ask you about them is not to say, that Israel shouldn't defend themselves after the terrorist attacks, absolutely should. Or that we shouldn't provide them help in doing that. We, we want to bring an end to terrorism. Absolutely. It's also, but it's also to say, and and by the way, saying that when people in Israel do terrible things to Christians, it doesn't mean the entire nation should be obliterated. That's right. A genocide on either side is, is wrong. Sinful. Yeah, that is we'll, That is horrendous and abhorrent. But this is to say, someone should be standing up and saying, for Christians, yes, our brothers and sisters yes. in in Israel and Palestine, That's right. you matter to us, yes. and we're not just going to wave a hand over your suffering because we look at this nation as the only democracy in the Middle East. Right. Well, I mean, democracy without freedoms, what yes. what is that? What is that representation
2: of millions of people? There are and, all kinds of things. Like and again, this. it yes.
0: doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. It doesn't mean no, that it could be support Made it. better.
2: And it's, 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 it's a nuance of um, uh, we need to have space for what Israelis themselves do, which is legitimate criticism of the government and their policies and distinguishing that from anti-Semitism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between critiquing a policy here or there uh, that Israel you know, promotes and outright genocide or anti-Semitism. That is condemned in the strongest possible terms, and that is, you know, abhorrent. At the same time, um, uh, many Christian groups in the West flock to align themselves, maybe with political leaders or certain. And I don't think they have necessarily a discernment of all the nuances of what's going on. And I think they would they would do themselves a service to connect with both the Messianic body of Messiah and the Arab body of Messiah, the, the Christians in the land, generally speaking, and start to to view the conflict through the lens of how believers themselves yeah. view the
0: conflict. You know, I want to ask you in a moment for a closing sure. statement, which would simply be, what would you ask for people who've listened to this episode yes. to do in yes. response? So, yes. I'm going to ask you that in just a second. Okay. Uh, I just want to make the point that what I'm hoping to get to is a point where, and i said this about Scripture. Sometimes we read the Scripture like it's a myth, mm-hmm. and because of that, we treat the interpretation of Scripture in this absolute fashion that makes it cartoonish. It's yes. not a legitimate reading of a document God produced for us over thousands of years so that we can understand Him and His people and what right. we're supposed to be like and so on. In the, in the exact same way, I would say a lot of us read the news about Israel, and we listen to our favorite preacher or favorite politician right. about Israel, right. and we get this cartoonish impression mm-hmm. of who they are. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, there must not be abortion in Israel, things like that, that are just absurdly they false, absurd. and there's no persecution of Christians in Israel, and, th- and these things are just false. And again, I'm, we're not saying state-sponsored, sure. But we're just saying it's there. Christians are suffering yes, yes. in the Palestinian territories, in Israel proper, yes. and we should remember the Christians who are there. And it's not black and white cartoons no. uh, on the Sunday paper. This is for us to start caring about human beings Image who are bearers. representing Christ. That's for right. us. So, uh, as I so I've said all that, I vented my piece. Uh, What I want to do is let you, because you've been there, you know the people, you live with them, you care about them, you're trying to get over there with resources and supplies for them and uh, to make your own presence a part of uh, the comfort of the body of Christ for them. And I look forward to you being able to do that. What would you encourage us to do in response to today's conversation? So
2: many people love Israel, and and I would do nothing to um, diminish that support and love of Israel. I would just say let's nuance it. By having Christian voices, and when I say Christian, I mean Messianic Jewish believing believers in Jesus, uh, Jewish followers of Jesus, as well as Arab Christians or Palestinian Christians that that compose uh, the body of Messiah. Let that be your first address in many ways of connecting with peoples in the land of of hearing them. Uh, allowing them to, to provide you a much greater uh, perspective and in-depth analysis of, of everything that's going on. And then diversify your news sources, diversify. And don't just listen to one Messianic believer or one Palestinian Christian. Diversify that as well so that you get a good, healthy swath of information and news resources that allow, allows you, if you're going to make donations or if you're going to uh, arrange a trip, Um, And when you do arrange trips, Holy Land trips that are great, oftentimes strategies are to keep you uh, on a bus and show you uh, what they want to show you. Certain agendas are there across the board. And so make sure you're intentional about saying, no, we need to go into Bethlehem. We need to have conversations with Palestinian Christians. We need to go into Nazareth and have uh, conversations with Palestinian Christians. We need to hear their perspectives. They are the body of Christ. There's an evangelical body of Messiah in the land that really Christians from around the globe, the West included, should should do a uh, do much better uh, job of connecting with and hearing their stories. Amen. Thank you. Thank you Amen. for being on that. Thank absolutely. you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for
1: coffee with Creamer. Your cup of coffee may be finished, but we are not. (laughs) Come back next week for a refill as we sit down to examine a new set of ideas and cultural issues. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit our website at barrycreamer.com. Until next time, keep your mug hot and your mind sharp.